IPLI is Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative. The unique thing about White Earth IPLI is how it's so culturally appropriate for Ojibwe people. Bonjour, hello, welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Leah Lem. And I'm your other host, Cole Primo. Miigwech for joining us today. Native Lights is a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Every week we have wonderful conversations with great guests from a whole lot of different backgrounds. These are policy makers, artists, social media content creators, educators, you name it. We talk to them about their gifts and how they share those gifts with community, and it centers around purpose and amplifying Native voices. So I'm excited to do that today. Uh, and Leah, how are yes. you doing? Are you okay or what's going on? How are you doing? No, no, no. I, I'm not feeling well, but I am here for it. I'm ready to chit-chat with our guest. Um, I was just, as we talked about with the previous episode, I was just at Glacier National Park. It was gorgeous, beautiful, and... I remember one thing I wanted to tell you is that almost the entire time we were at the park in the mountains, we sang the Misty Mountains song from The Hobbit, <laughs> the feature film. Oh, <laughs> like the whole time. We're, yes. The misty mountains cool. <laughs> Seriously, we were all just singing along. We're in the mountains uh, pretending to be in Lord of the Rings. It was wonderful. That's what I'm going to focus on. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing great, you know, just uh, just hanging out. Um, I did recently see Prey, the movie. Um, it's like the Predator sequel. It's got a lot of Native actors, and it was great. I actually put it pretty close to the first one, maybe like a really, really? close second. And that's that's a tough one because that one was like, it's like one of my top top movies. Yeah. But it, it's a good one. I think uh, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out soon. Excellent. Well, today I'm really excited to talk to our guest because she is doing really cool work with the Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative. And I don't know, you you remember the conversation we had with Beth Ann Dodds. Yeah. In a previous conversation, she works at the Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative and they were do they're doing these trainings to help empower parents' voices to better serve the youth better served the children in their communities. And so Megan Lotka, who we'll be talking with today, is a part of the White Earth Communities Initiative rollout. And she is first-generation descendant of the White Earth Nation. She's a mom. And guess what? In her bio, she writes that she has a basset hound named nice. Chow. She's a learner and a revitalizer of Ojibwemoan. She's an elementary teacher, trainer, and facilitator, and loves to read. But like I said, she's recently in this effort to help empower parents' voices. And as a part of that, she is training for a triathlon. So oh, she is also okay. an athlete to raise awareness for the Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative. Mm. And that's coming up later this month and it's really exciting to see her 
like get really excited about training. And I think she mm-hmm. has a really interesting story when it comes to how she's going about it. And today we are talking with Megan Lotka. Buju, Megan, could you please introduce yourself and where you're joining us from? I'm in Fargo right now because <laughs> I just got done recording voter rights documents in Ojibwe for the BIA. So I'm in Fargo in between. And my son Jake with me. And we are hanging out at the nice little Broadway Square Park. Whereabouts do you call home? Wabin, and that is on the Whiter's Reservation. Nice. And can you say again, you're recording some documents? Yeah, so in April, this company found me on LinkedIn and asked if I would be interested in transcribing and recording some documents. So the documents are for voter rights. And uh, the BIA did this big push for Indigenous languages. And they are, um, there's six other nations that are also recording and transcribing voter rights documents. So it's an executive order and then uh, a voter rights tribal documents order. Gotcha. So is it voter rights then for state, federal, or is it tribal? So it's it's federal, and the gist of it is the Biden-Harris administration is pushing for accessible voting for the nations that are part of this order. So it's a lot of talk about, well, I'm not going to tell you what's in there because I don't know if I can or not. Sure. But what I did was, this company sent me the orders and gave me a deadline and said, transcribe these in Ojibwe. So I did that. And then today I finally got to record them all in Ojibwe. Very cool. Great. Thanks for sharing. Um, Megan, what is at the top of your mind right now? What are you thinking about? What's going on in your life? So back to school is a big one. Um, Mama three. So it's like getting the kids situated and making sure everybody has everything that they need for school coming up here. Um, I'm going attending a training this week for IPLI in Ohio. So I'm, I'm getting ready to go to Ohio for a few days and that's through indigenous visioning. So Myself and a couple of coworkers are going to go to that. And then I'm just relieved. I have relief that I'm done with this transcribing because oh. it's been lengthy and it's taken up a lot of time and there's not a lot of Ojibwe words for executive orders. See, that's the interesting stuff. Like, how do you manage to translate or transcribe that, these words that aren't readily available? So you kind of have to loop around. Because the language is so specific, it's like, okay, so for instance, a a sentence in the order would be like, access for Native Americans for multiple voting sites on election day. So there's there's an Ojibwe word for vote, but there isn't a... And there's an Ojibwe word for election day, but it's not like... So you have to kind of make it up. Like, you have to piece... Ojibwe words together that make sense in English language. And you have to talk about who, what, when, and where, because that's mm-hmm. how the language is. is. 
Like there is no word for like for, like for the people. Mm-hmm. There isn't really a word for that. It's like, what's for the people? Well, voting access. Well, there isn't no Ojibwe word for access. They have to be super specific. Well, let's talk about the Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative and what you're doing with them. Um, can you tell us a bit about IPLI and what it means to you? So IPLI is Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative. And I just think it's a really awesome initiative for our reservation because it's empowering parents to have a voice in their communities in a positive way. And in this first cohort, we have 12 participants right now, and they come from all different communities on the res. And we're into like week 12 out of 20. And we really established our own family and our own community within this cohort. And my part in the initiative is two different settings. So I'm the facilitator of phase one and phase two. And I'm also the Indigenous Foundations curriculum facilitator. And so we're the first nation in the country. We had um, Mr. Anton Troyer create a curriculum for the IPLI curriculum. And it's we're applying language and culture into the IPLI curriculum. So our the unique thing about Whiter's IPLI cohort is the Indigenous piece and how it's so culturally appropriate for Ojibwe people. What do you see as being culturally specific for the Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative to help empower parents' voices? Well, how do you know who you are without your culture? So a lot of our ways and traditions have been lost due to historical trauma. Mm-hmm. And we see huge generational gaps in our families when it comes to traditional teachings, games, storytelling, and language. And so this Indigenous curriculum is seasonal. So I've taken pieces of Anton's curriculum and kind of just taken his teachings and then things that I know, like for summer we did, part of the curriculum was berry picking. So we talked about berry picking and where we can find berries and why berries are an important food source for Ojibwe people. But then I took them on a plant walk and, and taught them some indigenous plants and household uses for those. So I'm giving them a chance to be resourceful in their own backyard and not dependent on a pharmacy or even a grocery store. And so you're 12 weeks into a 20-week program. Have you seen some changes or some strengthening of voices? We have seen, well, we have a mother that was living with her sister and then throughout the course so far she just got into her own home and and got her children back full time so that's been a great uh success story so far in the cohort i myself became 
sober through the cohort. I I wouldn't say I had a drinking problem, but I needed a new focus. And so signing up for the triathlon and doing it sober in honor of our participants is something that I did for myself. Wow, that's really great. Well, let's talk a bit about the triathlon then. So you decided to do a triathlon. Can you talk about why and how it's going? So I chose a triathlon because the date that I signed up for was 20 weeks. So I'm like, these people are giving us 20 weeks of their time. I'm going to give them 20 weeks of mine and do this triathlon in their honor. A few years ago, my brother and sister-in-law did the triathlon. And when my brother finished, he patted me on the back and said, okay, now it's your turn. And I was like, oh, I can't not, you know, do it when I'm challenged by my older brother. So it's kind of a two-for-one deal for me with that. And the triathlon is in Detroit Lakes. It's a Young Life Triathlon. It's a swim, a bike, and a run on August 20th. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. And today we're speaking with Megan Lutka, White Earth Nation descendant, teacher, trainer, facilitator. And Megan has been training for a triathlon, so soon-to-be triathlete, to raise awareness for the Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative. Megan, I was curious, uh, I'm always curious how people got into the line of work that they get into. Uh, um, You know, what what sparked your passion for, uh, you know, education and I guess specifically empowering parents? So it's kind of a roundabout way, but at first, when, when I first graduated from high school, I went to school for nursing and then I had my daughter and then I never went back to school until years later. And then I had three kids by then and went to the tribal college and I was um, doing childcare and my childcare license or Kim Lage was like, you know, you would be a great, you would be great at teaching or early ed or whatever. And there's a great program at the tribal college in Manoma and you should check that out. So I checked it out. I put myself to school and then the tribal college had a cohort with the university of Minnesota to obtain a four-year teaching degree. So then I kept going and went and did that. And that's how I got my four-year degree as well. And then um, working for wider childcare program, wider Head Start. Then I was introduced to Mintrek, which is Minnesota Tribal Early Ed. And so I became a trainer through Mintrack, and it it was a uh, a cult, I became a cultural trainer because I at the tribal college I just I became so passionate about the language and revitalizing the language, and then I became a language teacher at the elementary school, and so I never really grew up and thought, oh, I'm going to be a language teacher. I just the language found me and has taken me where I am today. This fall, I start at the Natawash Charter School, and I'm I'm gonna be teaching. I'll be in my own classroom for the first time, and I'll be teaching a sixth grade dual language classroom, and that'll be the first dual language classroom at the Charter School. To skip back a little bit, I was curious about the curriculum for the Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative. 
Uh, you talked about like plant gathering. What other things can people expect to you know learn to experience during this? So um, one one thing that was a really big hit was the Bagasi game, and I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's um it's a wooden bowl and game pieces, and you have everybody like puts in a little something for our group. We just did small prizes, and you go around and everybody has a chance to toss the pieces in the bowl a certain way. And depending on what you land on, you earn points and you collect sticks and the person who collects all the sticks wins the kitty. So that was a, that was a game everybody got to make and take home. Um, we talk a lot about the seven grandfather teachings and I've done several different activities with that. We talk about, we'll, we follow the season. So winter was storytelling. Spring was starting. Everything wakes up and things like that. Um, we talked about some gathering in the spring. We talked about planting. We've talked about summer harvest. We're going into fall. So we'll be talking about wild rice and that importance. Well, and within each lesson, there's also language. Because you can't have your culture without your language. Those are the things that I can think of off the top of my head. And each participant chooses a community project, right? So part of the participant's job as I go through the course is establish a community project to give back to their community or to have a voice in their community in a positive way. One of our participants is going to go through a training for um, Mothers of Tradition, and she's going to become a trainer to bring that training to her community. And then one of our participants is involved with the language. So she is going to be um, helping out at the tribal college and collecting data with the college to see what what people are interested in and the activities and things that they would like to see for public events. We have a mom who wants to do um, a safe place, a safe home. So she's looking into becoming a certified safe home for um, especially abused children. And she wants to see that cycle stopped within her family and her community. Another mom had some abuse and violence towards her as uh, dating as a teen. And so she wants to start a talking circle for young teens about safe practices of dating and relationships and healthy relationships and things like that. One of our elders, she is doing a project where she's creating like a database of like pipe carriers and language speakers and people that have teachings to share so that if someone out in the community wants to learn Ojibwe or go to a talking circle or obtain their Ojibwe name, they can go to this database and look for someone in their area and then she will help them through that process. So we're seeing lots of different, lots of different community projects and the particip- participants don't have to have them done by 
graduation, but they they will receive five hundred dollars for startup money through the initiative. And um they're not just graduated and done, then they become the alumni and the um like big brother, big sister group of the next cohort. And so they have to continue on with their community projects. Gotcha. So they kind of become mentors, so to speak, kind of of the next yes. cohort. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, it's like a regenerative program. <laughs> That's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And it's all over the country. So the National Parent Leadership Initiative is like a grandfather. And then the IPLI is the son. And then they have a children's leadership initiative as well, where the initiative offers a meal and a daycare, daycare and a stipend, because we try to make it, we want the parents to be successful and finding childcare and feeding everybody is hard sometimes when you have a meeting after work. So we offer that for them. So they remain successful throughout the program. And then the children's part is instead of attending childcare for those hours that were together, the children would be receiving their own curriculum. So that's where we're hoping this really goes for White Earth, is to see all three phases happening. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Megan Lodka, White Earth Nation descendant, teacher, trainer, facilitator, and Megan is a soon-to-be triathlete, raising awareness for the Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative. What else is going on in your life, Megan? Well, triathlon training. <laughs> okay, okay. So I've run a couple marathons, and training takes up so much time. It's like a real commitment. So the kids know, my kids know, I'm I'm out the door at like 8 o'clock at night, or I get up early in the morning and go before they're awake. And we've spent lots and lots of lake days, lots of lake days where they're swimming and I'm swimming. So it's really kind of been tricky to fit it all in, but, and I don't think I'm anywhere near where I should be to be doing a triathlon in a couple weeks. Do you like to swim? I like to swim, but I don't like getting my face wet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh And I'm the person that like, I take a half an hour to get into the water. Like, I slowly have to adjust <laughs> to the water. And I don't like going under the water either. But I think the swim will be the easy part because the 12 plus mile bike ride, like, you know, like people who do these triathlons, I call them the fancy people because they have the fancy equipment in the bike. And I have like five year old Nikes and my kids' dirt bike from Walmart. Like, that's what I've been training with. So, I don't foresee anything amazing happening for me at this triathlon. (laughs) Just get through it. Like, my goal is to complete a triathlon. (laughs) Like, right now, the bike I've been using, I've been going between my son's bike and my my oldest's bike. And right now, it's stuck in sixth gear. And so, I'm just like, hills are rough right now. (laughs) Yeah. Hills are really rough. Wow. Well, the fancy people got their stuff. You got your stuff. And we'll be rooting for you. 
and you know, Native people are resourceful and we use what we have. And so I thought, I don't need this fancy equipment. And then I'm like, oh, I should have thought about this a little more with the bike. <laughs> I really should have thought about this with the bike. You're in the middle of the, the curriculum right now when it comes to the Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative. Is there, um, you know, resources for people who who can get who want to get into that, or is it is there going to be another uh, course down the line? Um, just curious about that. So we just got the go ahead um, to start cohort two. So if if anybody's interested, they can go to the White Earth IPLI. Facebook page and they can check out what we've been doing. The contact information is there. The link to apply is there. The process is really easy. We just need you to fill out the application. Um, make sure your name and your phone number is on there so we can reach you. You'll go through an interview and then um We'll, we'll ask you a series of questions like, why does this interest you? Um, what are your goals to the initiative? Things like that. And then we have a civic design team. So after your interview, the design, the civics team will meet and review your application. And then we will give you a call back with your happy news that you're part of the next cohort. Um, well, uh, I guess... As we kind of get to the end of the interview, just I'm just curious if you had any, you know, last thoughts, final thoughts on, you know, just anything or just the Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative. So my last thought is be brave because triathlons are scary and training is scary and I've I'm not a I'm not a very active person either, guys. <laughs> I love the outdoors and I love hiking and I love being outside with my kids, but I'm, I'm not a triathlon person. I did do two 5Ks this summer, which is a lot for me. So it's making me more, it's turning me into an active person. So be brave and trust yourself for new th- to try new things. Great mm. words to live by, sure. Yes, I love that. Thank you for sharing Megan, I really appreciate it. And there's more information online about your triathlon training. I know you have a GoFundMe site. Um, and I can't wait to see how you do. I'm sure there'll be yeah. some fun pictures. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> like the goal is to finish. So just send me good energy about finishing. Yes, finishing. Okay. absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, and those those Nikes and your kids' bike, they'll they'll do the job. We'll sage them up first. <laughs> all right, Jimmy Gwich. I really appreciate it. Good luck with all the training. Yeah, thank you guys too. Gigawabman. Gigawabman. Getting tired just thinking about all that training. I, I'm sure she'll get through it. She'll conquer the triathlon, but I. I don't think she's going to avoid getting her face wet when it comes to I don't, I don't like that either. <laughs> I'm all doggy paddling. I could never do a tri- Well, I shouldn't say I could never do a triathlon because what Megan just spoke about is very wise and being brave is important and a value. 
So thank you to Megan Lotka, White Earth Nation descendant, teacher, trainer, facilitator. Megan has also been training for a triathlon to raise awareness for the Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Gigawabaman. Gigawabaman. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.